to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have my client, Heather Hommel, who is coming to speak with us about her experience in Six Figure Saver, but we're also going to be shooting the shit, talking about business, talking about growth, talking about hitting a million dollars in revenue. Like There is so much in this interview that you are going to take away from, but before I jump into the interview, I have a little bit of an update because since we recorded the episode, Heather has actually saved a lot more money than when we were recording, and she also happened to just hit her one-year mark in Six Figure Saver. So I wanted to give an update that in 12 months, Heather was able to save $197,567.31. She was like $2,500 away from hitting 200K saved in just 12 months. So as you listen to this episode, I want you to listen to it from a place of curiosity, from a place of how did she do this? Because I am sure you will glean so much by doing that. Then before we dive in, I want to remind you that the doors to Six Figure Saver are currently open as of this publishing. The doors to Six Figure Saver are open. We're closing on March 10th, which is a Sunday. So you have until Sunday night to get in. But I highly encourage that you go to the sales page, you read about the program, you make your decision that this is the year that you also can save 100K in your business, just like Heather has. To give you a quick synopsis on Six Figure Saver, it is a 12-month group coaching program. It is an investment of 2K or five payments of 400. And when you join us, you're going to get access to so much support that is all in service of helping you save 100K in 12 months. You're going to instantly get access to our curriculum portal that has the most juicy financial curriculum you have ever seen in your life. This curriculum alone helps our clients save millions of dollars with the concepts that we teach you. You have never, ever seen a financial curriculum like this because it is 100% designed for entrepreneurs with variable income. Then if the curriculum is confusing or you have a question for how to apply it to you or you need coaching, there are two avenues to get live coaching. Number one, You can join us on our weekly calls on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. CST. We have a weekly call every single week. You can always come and get coached no matter what is going on, no matter what you need coaching on, and we will make sure that your question gets answered, your mindset gets coached, and you are ready to go. If for any reason you can't attend a live call, time zone issues, scheduling issues, whatever it may be, you also get 12 months access to our Slack channel to post Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday, we are in there supporting our clients, answering questions, celebrating wins, coaching them on their mindset, directing them to the right tools. So we are available all Monday through Friday in order to support you in Slack. And then on top of that, if that weren't enough, we have two asynchronous review processes that are so good. Number one, you're going to get 12 months access to our cash flow reviews. These reviews are places where you can submit your financial numbers to us and a six-figure saver coach is going to go through that with you and help you decide where to move money, how to consolidate your bank accounts, how to pay yourself. We'll answer any cash flow questions you have for you and we'll really just go with a fine-tooth comb through your numbers so that you're making the right financial decisions for you and your business. And then we provide you with a five to 20 minute loom video with personalized feedback based on your numbers that gets emailed directly to your inbox. It's 100% private. No one else is going to see your numbers inside of the program. Then as if that weren't enough in six figure saver, we just announced a newest feature called make more money reviews. So it's one thing to have your cash flow set up, everything going. The next step is to make more money so you can save more money. And in our make more money reviews, we will comb through your money-making mindset and help you earn more money right away within the next 30 days. When I was testing out this feature, I had a friend submit her stuff so that I could test out how it was working. I gave her a review feedback 
And she made $6,500 the very next day based on our feedback. This is deep money-making mindset coaching that is really going to help you get through whatever is blocking you in making more money in your business. So I could go on and on and on, and I will on another occasion. Go check out the sales page. The link will be in the show notes. Like I said, our doors are open until March 10th at midnight. So definitely go through and decide that this is your year. I'm going to now turn it over to Heather and we're going to have a chat about how she was able to save nearly 200K in 12 months. I hope you enjoy. Let's dive into it. Hi, Savers. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have my friend and client, Heather Hamill, with us. Heather is a business coach for John Barnes trained MFR therapist. Did I get that right? You did. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. We've been friends enough that I now know what that means. Myofascial release therapist. I always say, is this like a no-no? Like think of like massage therapists or PTs, like body working people who like help you with pain, but with a specific technique called MFR. Yeah. We are body workers. We are yeah. physical therapists, massage therapists, yeah. occupational therapists, speech therapists. If you have a license to touch, you could do John Barnes myofascial release if you're trained in it. License to touch. I've never heard that term before. I'm, I'm that makes, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, license to kill, license to touch. <laughs> yeah, license to touch. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So you are also a life coach, a certified life coach. So mm-hmm. you're an amazing coach. You've coached me, you've coached in my programs in the past as a guest coach. Um, and you. I'm just curious, like before we jump into any of it, how did you find me? Like you're in the MFR world. How did our worlds collide at all? Well, your famous coach casually mentioned like, oh, you got to go listen to this podcast, the Six Figure Saver podcast. Um, DL was interviewing her. She was interviewing DL. And so I did. And like, it was on after that. I just, I joined. Yeah. And I think that was back in February of 2023. Mm-hmm. And that's when you joined was our first 2023 mm-hmm. launch. So you've been in Six Figure Saver. You're coming up on your year, mm-hmm. you know, year mark. Feels like um, just a couple months. It's It feels like a couple months, but it also feels like three years. <laughs> yeah. Also, I remember listening to that part, that first podcast episode that I ever listened to. Like I was working out with a personal trainer and I like can remember like I was stretching after the workout and like, I couldn't wait to put it back in my ears to, to finish it. And I was like laying on the mat and like stretching. And it was like that, um, intriguing to me, the things that you guys were talking about now, can I remember totally what you guys were talking about? No, but I remember hearing about like your Mercedes and your takes on debt and your takes on like, it was just, it was, it was so good. I was like, I need, I want what she's having. (laughs) <laughs> I've never heard you tell me, you've never told me that before. That's so oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you joined and, mm-hmm. um, you're our top saver. That's crazy to me. Like the top six figure saver. I love that. I plan to keep that title for as long as possible. <laughs> you got to defend your title. You I have know someone, there's a lot of competition. You have some people creeping up on you, but no All one right. is, no one's within 10 K. But okay, the, there's a couple of things I could report that I did this week. There you you better go because you got to <laughs> defend your title. Should we I share with the people how much money you've saved since in a year? Yeah, let's share it. Do you have the number? I have the number. So you've submitted $184,673.88 of savings wins. Yeah. In less than a year. Yeah, that's crazy. And now for anyone listening, the way we do savings wins and six-figure saver is whenever you move money to your savings account, you submit it as a win because we want to celebrate the act of saving. And especially as entrepreneurs, right? We have inconsistent income. We also have inconsistent expenses. Every month kind of looks different. So we know our bank balances are always going to look different. And the 184,000 is not indicative of what is in Heather's bank account right now, but we celebrate the act of saving. And that is how many times you've put money in. Can -hmm. you share with us though, because I do find it interesting. What is your balance at? What's your actual balance at generally? Like maybe like a rough number. Yeah. So I was curious about this the other day because I think I shared with you, and I think I've been coached on this before is like, 
yeah, I'm the top saver, but I have nothing to show for it. Like kind of thought process, which is just actually factually a lie. So I made myself go into my account and I only have three, three accounts in my, within my account. And I added it all up and like, on average, I have around $80,000 in cash in my business at any one time. Just available. Just available. That's side note. That doesn't make you feel any safer or like any different about money. (laughs) Like This is why like, I'm going to need to constantly or want to opt into being around money coaches like you and being in your programs is because even when you do things that are really big, like people might hear like, oh, you've saved $184,000. You are like wretch. Nobody come after me. I'm not family members. Don't email in. (laughs) Right. Like, but you don't, you don't actually feel any different about your money unless you mindset coach around it. And I think that doing the act of the saving constantly. And then also this next level thing where like I'm doing the act of, and I was teasing you about how like, I'm going to start to take snapshots of the balances in my accounts and share them because the more I'm aware of that, the more I'm sharing it and the more I'm celebrating it, the more money I'm going to have over time in those accounts. It'll just become the new normal. And it's kind of awesome. Like I can't wait until I can take a screenshot of the first time I have a hundred thousand dollars in there. I have hit that before. And I don't think I took a screenshot. Like, I think my mindset was like, oh, I'm paying a big bill tomorrow. So it doesn't count. And those Mm. are like those tricky things of like all the times where we can make it not count. Like, oh, well, you don't have it in your account right now. So it doesn't count. Just dumb. So many people have that. So many people have that. I actually was joking in 2021. I was joking with my business coach that my client's don't tell me the truth and they don't believe me. Like we have a truth (laughs) gap in in my coaching because of things like that, right? My clients will literally not tell me how much money, if I ask how much is in your bank account, they'll do math before they give me the answer instead of just telling me the answer because of thoughts like, well, but next week or next month I'm paying taxes. So that money doesn't count. No, it counts. Or I have debt, so it doesn't count. Oh my God, seriously. Like I I was just telling you before, I have about a hundred, it looks like 106K in my business bank account right now. Mm -hmm. But next week I have a credit card bill. And then the week after I have another credit card bill and it's gonna dip below 100K again. But does that mean I don't have 100K right now? No, No. you do. You have more than 100K, which is like, I love it. And it doesn't even matter 100K, 10K, 1K. We do this at every single level. We discount- we like do math about our bill, our future bills, instead of just celebrating that we're fucking amazing. Yeah. And we did something amazing by getting it's this amazing. money account. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I was going to say something too. When I first had my massage business and I was converting from massage to MFR only, there was this moment in time where I had $2,000 in my checking account and I felt rich. I remember telling my rich aunt, I wonder if she's listening to this. That'd be so funny. I was like, I have $2,000 in my business checking account. And I remember how proud I was of that. Like I told everyone, it's kind of like the first time I had a $20,000 month as a coach. I'm like, I made $20,000 this month. It's just, it's so funny to like, think back to that. Like you can feel rich at any number and that's kind of why the number doesn't matter. Yeah. It absolutely is. And also like, how should I say this? Like for that iteration of your business, that was rich. I was so rich. Like, and because your overhead was probably so, so much smaller than it is now. And now like with an $80,000 balance, you can still feel so rich, but it is also just the reality that, yeah. And you have higher team costs and you have higher other costs and like the literal cost of doing business goes higher. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes we can, look at a crazy number like 80k and say I don't have anything to show for all my work (laughs) yeah but it's because like we need the help (laughs) right but it's because our brains are like normal human brains yeah and sometimes we have to force ourselves to be like this is a miracle yeah like we have to force ourselves to acknowledge how amazing it is that we've created these results for ourselves Absolutely. Like it's, it's really looking at those accounts, moving the money according to the plan that you have following the cash flow waterfall, always every day following that. And then giving 
giving yourself the credit for doing it, right? Like the credit for me is like the, that report that comes through and it spits back at me, like, this is how much you've submitted. Yeah. I love that report for anyone Mm -hmm. listening who, who doesn't know what that is or isn't familiar. Um, in six figure saver, when you submit your wins, we like have you tag it to your profile. We have student profiles on all our students and we have you say like, Hey, I'm submitting for me. It tags it to your profile. So then what we can do is we can add up all of the times you've submitted wins. So we have for Heather, your total number. And mm-hmm. then what we do is we email you, you get an automated email that says, thanks for submitting a win. Here's your like new tally. Here's your new yeah. total. And it's so fun because it's like a little, it's like a little game. Like you're yeah. like competing to beat yourself. <laughs> it is a game. And it's just so fun because you forget over time, like, you know, a hundred dollar savings here, a thousand dollar savings here, a $20,000 savings here you forget over time how that, how much that adds up. You actually inspired me to create that kind of gamification for revenue reports in my, in my coaching program. So my clients can submit wins like that for their weekly revenue. And like over time, they're like, oh my gosh, I've made, I've made a hundred thousand dollars in my business. Like I had no idea. So it's It's, wild how unconnected people are to their numbers. No. And it's kind of the same, the, the same thing of, you have to force yourself to look at and celebrate what you have created. And mm-hmm. if you don't have, if you're not naturally inclined to do that with your money, or you don't have someone like a coach who's pushing you to do that, it can go, it can be months until you actually sit down and say, wow, no, I have saved $20,000 or I have generated an extra $50,000 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Personally, I love having coaches who force me to look at my numbers too. Yeah, it's super good. It, I mean, I can't think of a reason why it wouldn't be good for you because if it's hard for you to look at your numbers, if that's painful for you, it doesn't have to continue to be painful. Like there's coaching that can be given. There's, you know, there's a way to work through that instead of making that responsible for, or a reason or an excuse not to learn how to save the money, not to learn how to look at the numbers. I do it very uncomfortable a lot of the time. (laughs) And to that point, if, if your money is painful for you is, is avoiding it a good strategy to reduce your pain? Like, is that a strategy that's working? And if we just think about it from that lens, right? If, if I'm avoiding my money, because looking at my money is painful, does that make my pain go away? No, it makes you actually like have, I think in the avoidance, you have more pain because you have the uncertainty of it. And right. And you don't it's like lingering it in your mind in yeah. the middle of the night. I have clients who are like, I woke up and like waking up in the middle of the night, worried about money. It's For because sure. avoiding it isn't working. Yeah. No, like that's, that doesn't work for me anymore. It's kind of like one of those things, like, what do I, what? In 2024, what are some of the things that like I have zero tolerance for? And it's like avoidance really of anything, (laughs) unless it's something I'm allergic to, I guess, but you know, like (laughs) healthy avoidance, (laughs) right? Yeah. I think people get very, very stuck in avoidance with money. Have you ever like in recent history, have you had, have you struggled with money avoidance? I mean, do you want to talk about my lack of ability to invest or <laughs> is that another podcast episode? <laughs> we can talk about, I'm just curious, like, because so many people don't even join Six Figure Saver because of avoidance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so many people are in pain around their mm-hmm. money because of avoidance. And yeah. I think the hardest part is like, you know, you're avoiding it. And you know, if you look at it, you'll feel better, but you just can't get over mm-hmm. that hump of just yeah. starting. And so I'm curious if, like, if you have any words of wisdom around yeah, that. Yeah, I have lots. I, I think it can look like avoidance can show up in a lot of different ways. For me, one sign of avoidance is being overwhelmed by like the thought of having to fill in a spreadsheet. Or that if you're looking at money, you have to be really smart and you already have to know how to do the things like, for instance, that you're teaching. And my advice would be that, first of all, you don't have to fill out any spreadsheets. If you don't want to, there's ways around that. Second of all, Heather doesn't want to. Yeah. I just (laughs) 
Heather is like the queen of not doing the spreadsheets. Yeah. And look, she's our top saver. And I'm the top saver. I just want to be like the example of what's possible. I don't really identify as someone that's super smart about money or that even knows what they're doing most of the time. Like I can figure it out. I, I think I put the right people on my success squad that for where I have a gap in the knowledge, like someone else has it for me. So I, I have like a great team of support. Tell me more about success squad. What is that? Also Jennifer Dent Brown. She created that term. I think like she, she talks about it all the time. So like share she's more. Like, she's like, Gina is part of your money success squad. Your CFO is part of your money success squad. And um, what else? Like my team is part of my financial success squad. If I didn't have my team that works for me inside my business, I probably wouldn't make as much money because I would be doing everything. Right. My, my delivery would be, yeah, my delivery would be different. I'd still be successful, but like it would just be different. So yeah. So you can have success squads in your business, in your money. Um, my housekeeper is part of my success squad within my home, right? Like all of these, all of these pieces of the puzzle. Does that make what, sense? Absolutely. No, that's beautiful. I'm curious if like, if you can think about someone who's listening, who's like, I want a success squad, but like. I can't afford a CFO and a housekeeper and a team and a this and a that and a that. Like, I just can't, I want one so bad, but I can't afford it. What would you say to someone who is feeling that right now? Yeah. I mean, your success squad also starts with like, who do you surround yourself with in your social life, in your, you know, in your personal life and in your business life. So there's been times where it's like, maybe I'm having conversations with people that just like were on the success squad, but now they're not like, maybe I've outgrown them or the relationship has changed and being willing to like, not be, not have that be a problem and just decide, like, I just don't go to this person for this type of advice anymore. Like now I find it in this, this mm. place here. So it doesn't have to be paid advice. I always recommend like, if you can, and when you can, as soon as possible, get a money coach, like hire Gina. <laughs> She's who I recommend for my entire coaching program. And we're like together, like coaching from her and me, like we're just changing the face of the myofascial release community and that profession as a whole. So I highly recommend doing that, but you know, it's really is like, if you can't have conversations with your spouse about money or about your business, probably have those conversations with someone else. Like that relationship doesn't have to shoulder those conversations. You've even coached me on that. You're like, why did you tell that to your husband? Like, what, what, what result were you looking for? I'm like, damn it. I don't know. Just want to be right. <laughs> and to that point, right? Like, it's like, it's not because those relationships are bad. It's just. Yeah, or wrong. Right. Yeah. And at all. But it's like, okay, what, who do I want to seek counsel from in this area of my life? And I love how you said it. Like, it can start with your social circles. It doesn't have to start with paid support if you can't mm -hmm. afford that. And I think too, like we, I mean, gosh, I remember when I started my business and I really started going hard in my business in the pandemic, I had like, I gave myself like a thousand dollars. I opened my business bank account. I gave myself a thousand dollars to fund it from my personal savings. And I'm like, that's my money. That's what I have to run this business. And I yeah. think I, I paid for like Squarespace to have a website. I probably didn't even need a website, honestly. <laughs> and my first mentors were people that I like people that I found online. And I'm like, hi, you're a coach. I knew what's this? Like, and yeah, I, what just, all this? I just cultivated some friendships that were so like lovely and helpful and we supported each other. And it was all just within the bounds of a friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I I sold my boat to start my coaching practice, and <laughs> um, yeah, is like I closed down my private practice, hands on MFR business. Sold my boat. I hired my first coach off the money that I used to sell my boat, not with the intention of opening up my own coaching practice though at the time. But mm. quickly, like just after like two or three sessions with her, I was like this this is actually what I want to do. And this is how I want to help people. Like I want to help yeah. other MFR business owners feel the way I do right now with this kind of support. Like we need to, I need to make this available to everybody. 
So yeah, I just turned my business on its side, started something new with, with no real like idea or plan of how it was going to be, but you know, went to coaching school and. And now you're changing the MFR industry. Yeah. Like changing the industry. Like what's let's, possible for them? Because they're all chronic under, own, under earners and overworkers, right? <laughs> Tell me about that. So MFR therapists are therapists that help people that are in chronic and unexplained pain. And it's such a valuable job to have. And it, but it is also hard. You're working with people that are in unimaginable amounts of pain who have been told that there's nothing left that they can do by the time they find us, like they're at their wits end. I experienced this with my husband with a chronic uh, injury, with his back. And it's so devastating to be told that there's nothing that anyone can do for you. And then you find someone that will listen to you. And that's an MFR therapist. And they just never give up. They just keep helping you until you're better. And that's the difference between like traditional medicine and someone that like looks at you, looks at the whole body. But again, like healers, people in the healing profession, people that have the skill set to help people in this way are constantly taught their entire careers that you're not in it for the money, selling is bad, and you have to make it affordable and accessible to everybody. And then in turn, these therapists pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars extra to learn this training outside of their degree. And then they can't even like pay the money back to themselves that they're spending because they're undercharging. And then they're working so hard just to break even. And, and that's where I come in and stop that from happening. <laughs> well, and I think that's interesting too, because like with body work, if you're working so hard, this is not like brain work. This is like, you're on your feet for hours. Yeah, You are the instrument. And then what happens to your body when you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get hurt or you worry, you're constantly worried that you're going to get hurt. And what are you going to do? Yeah, what do you do if you get injured? Yeah, I hope you have a plan in place because it's not really a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because you have a human body. You could right. step off the curb wrong. Like right. I have something going on in my back and I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, okay, chronic this is so interesting because I think that, um, like you said, a lot of people in helping professions are told you're in it for the mission. You're not in it for the money. You mm -hmm. shouldn't want to be in it for the money. In fact, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a little bit altruistic. Like that's, mm -hmm. um, the vibe. <laughs> like, Imagine if we talk to doctors like that, like people that go and they spend like $300,000 become surgeons. And we're just like, you have this skill set. You should just give it away to everybody. Like, what's yeah. the difference? Is it because that's more male dominated and like hands-on, like body work is more female dominated? Like what's the I bullshit mean, that's happening there? I mean, there is a correlation between like female dominated industries and this rhetoric. Yeah. That's all it is. It's same. Like I talk about how there's a correlation between female dominated industries and the debt advice that we get. Female-dominated oh, yeah. industries love get it. told to pay off debt and avoid debt. Male-dominated industries get taught how to leverage debt. Right. Imagine if if all of us females, people that identify as female, were able to like learn this, right? Because they have coaches like you. They have access to this information and you can just start leveraging debt. Like I've never leveraged more debt than I have in the last year, even like making more money and having more money than ever but it's been so helpful to grow at an incredible rate and to amass, you know, to start creating an empire. That's how yeah. empires are created. Let's talk a little bit about, because I, a lot of MFR therapists have joined Six Figure Saver. I, mm -hmm. I've told you, I'm like, I love your clients. They're the <laughs> I best. Love, They're I the love best. the MFR people. They're so coachable and fun so to coach. Coachable. Yeah. Really, really have been enjoying coaching all the MFR therapists mm -hmm. who've joined. Um, and, but I, I have noticed a couple recurring thought patterns that kind of touch on what we've been talking about. Um, the overworking under earning, I have coached multiple MFR therapists. I'm like, I always have just enough, but never more than enough. Mm -hmm. And how that shows up in their money is like, 
self, there is a bit of self-sabotage. Anytime there's more, there's like buffer extra money in the checking account, it gets spent. It's like knee jerk reaction is to spend it right away because uh, what do I do with this money? I actually just spend it. It's like a hot potato. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge one. There's also, I mean, the debt one, I've coached a lot of MFR therapists too on like, I am so anxious because I need to pay off my debt right away. And the irony is like the, the urgency behind wanting to pay off the debt so quickly is actually slowing down their sales and slowing down their income, which ultimately is going to slow down their ability to pay off the debt. And, um, and I think that these kinds of thoughts are not just within the MFR community, of course not. Um, but they're indicative of larger patterns that entrepreneurs who are not exposed to, like, who are not allowed to dream. I think that's yeah. what it is. There's so many industries. I think the coaching industry is a microcosm of a group of incredible people who are out here dreaming wildly out loud. Yeah. But most small business communities are not allowed to do that. They're yeah, because well, nobody's telling them. Yeah, no, no one's telling them to. You're right. Like that is, I mean, becoming a coach has completely changed what I think about and what I think about in limits to myself. And like, and I'm, I still limit myself every day, right? I, but it takes someone else pointing it out to me to see. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just a limit. No problem. But yeah, this idea where you could have for MFR therapists, a six figure job without working 40 hours a week, like seeing 20 clients or less is unfathomable. Like I, if you would have told me that 15 years ago, I would have been like, you're like, I knew people that had six figure businesses, but they worked their asses off. And I was like, there's yeah. no way I want that. No, thanks. I'll stick to my $40,000. Yeah, you, you'd rather opt out of opting the, out. You'd rather opt out because you think it's going to be so hard or so it's it not going to be terrible. worth it. Yeah. Versus just realizing, oh no, there's another way. There's another way. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we when we cut ourselves off from dreaming, we also cut ourselves off from creating. Right. If you can't dream it, you cannot create it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that like, I've just been thinking so much about like, yeah, the, the coaching industry is not normal. Right. We're, we're not we, normal. I know, but that's what's so fun like about your program is it's not just coaches in there. It's like a whole mess of people. Yeah. Right? Like people from everywhere. I mean, we have and, like jewelers and resellers yeah. and MFR therapists and coaches and agency owners and photographers. Yeah. It just like it's we a have whole a mix. Yeah. And you're teaching them that it is not only safe to dream, but that dreaming will help them make more money. And we'll also, I think it keeps you more excited about what it is that you're doing. Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember many years ago, I used to listen to NPR religiously um, Mm -hmm. when I had a commute. I would, I commuted to college. I lived at home and I would drive to San Francisco. And I remember being in line at the Bay Bridge and it's just this mess of like the toll plaza. It was a mess. And I remember listening to this segment. They had a segment called... God, what was it called? It was just like listeners from the area who would like write little essays and submit them. And then if they got picked, they would just read their opinions on the Mm -hmm. radio and it would be like two minutes and that would be it. It was a really Mm -hmm. cute segment. And there was one, I think biologist who talked about altruism is not the highest form of human like capacity. And if we think about like biological organisms, there are organisms who only take from other organisms, right? They are what we may, might label as selfish, right? I'm taker. Mm-hmm. I'm a taker. I'm going to take everything like um, parasites do this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be in a host. And I'm going to take all their resources until the host dies. So that sucks because it is positive for one and then negative for the other. It's at the detriment of someone else. And mm-hmm. then there's organisms who only give. They only give. And this is altruism, if we were Mm -hmm. to label it in human words, right? And altruism is the glorification of giving. Yeah. Where you give everything for the, with the expectation of no return. 
Yeah. Or and, because it makes you feel good. Right. Like, yeah, like, because it's like held on this higher standard of like, it's if you're pedestalized. Like, you should be like this. I think it's gross. You should want to yeah. give everything. Right. So that also has a negative value because one party, the person, the, the party that you're giving to is receiving, but you are like losing essentially. Yeah. So it's like, host. if you think that there's like, there's like a give and take, there's like a positive negative in the the parasitic relationship and there's mm-hmm. a negative positive in the altruistic relationship and then they said the highest form of human like something potential is collaboration it's mm-hmm. when we both give and we both take because then it's a it's a win-win situation and yeah. the moment i heard that i was like it changed my life because i was like altruism isn't good no it just it's, it clicked for me. I'm like, altruism isn't good because there's a better way where both parties win. And I think coming back to the conversation around money, where do you have sticky beliefs that are like, they don't feel good, right? Like I shouldn't want money. Money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. I, I just want a simple, I just want to have my little thing. Right. Yeah. It's not, like, where are you staying so small and not allowing yourself to dream because you believe altruism is better. Yeah. So many places. I was just having this conversation, like here's a hidden money thought that I have that I noticed is having this conversation. We're having to do some role reassignments within my business, which is, it's, it's not my favorite, but I found myself saying, I'm doing my best to not let the amount of money that I'm now bringing in change me as a person. Hmm. And I was like, what the hell does that mean, Heather? Like, and I keep playing that over and over in my mind. First of all, just because I make decisions in my business that not that other people maybe don't like doesn't mean that money or the amount of money that I am now bringing in or that I will bring in this year and next year years after has changed me, like made me cold or hard. Does that make a sense? Like, I think there's this sense of like, if I have to like, let people go or change a role or whatever, it's because I've now lost sense of reality and I don't know how to human anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just like, not true. Right. You've, you've linked in your mind, my behaviors, my actions, my business decisions are because of the income I generate versus Mm -hmm. my actions, my business decisions are, um, how do I say this? Are not irrelevant, are separate. Based on what my business needs. Right, it's based on what your business needs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that those are not linked to that point. It's like, yes, the level of income does help guide you in what your business needs next. But that doesn't mean that that's what's changed you. Right. I also think like your tolerance for bringing along things that no longer serve you or your business, like changes over time, at least for me, like at my, at my hundred thousand dollar level, I was much more tolerant and like would, would keep things that were like creating like a sore, right. Mm -hmm. Or chub rub, you know, I'd like keep those (laughs) things in the closet. And now I'm just like, oh, that creates chub rub. Like we don't, we don't do that anymore. Like (laughs) we don't have a tolerance for that. So that's like a weird analogy, but. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say too, like I've said this before on the podcast, my philosophy is that money doesn't change you. Money just makes you more of who you already were. Yeah, exactly. So the more money you have, the more you, you will be Mm -hmm. because money is a way, money is a vehicle, it's a tool for expressing yourself and and yeah, so the more money you have, the more outlets you have to express mm-hmm. who you are. I don't yeah. actually and think, I think it I... changes it. And I do think though, there's some pretty shitty people with a lot of money. And so then we think, and they do some pretty shitty things. So yeah. then we think, oh, money made them shitty. No, I think they were already a shitty person. Yeah. Or if and you're no. give, only if you're giving away a lot of your money, are you a good person with money? I also think that that's not true. You don't have to give any of your money away and you can still be a good person. You could give all of it away and still be a good person. It doesn't make you better, I guess, is what I'm saying. I think, yeah, it kind of comes back to the altruism versus collaboration or like the mutually beneficial systems versus the singularly beneficial systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All this to say is that I think I'm a very decisive person and I didn't know how decisive I was until I had to make decisions at this level where I'm at now in my business. And I think part of me makes that makes me a bad person for that. It's like, this is going to be some of my work in 2024 is like, I'm just a a decisive person who now makes decisions even easier and quicker and doesn't make it mean she's a bitch. Okay. This is interesting. So this is like the thought error that you need to work on for 2024. I'm curious when you joined Six Figure Saver in February of 2023, what was the, like, that you look back on now and you're like, oh man, that old thing, like that's done. Like what was the thought error you were really stuck in, in February, 2023? I think I had a lot of like little girl energy around money and, and anything to do with money. Like, oh gosh, like, I don't really know. Like, am, am I going to be able to figure that out? Can I do that? Like, that's really for other people. Um, Just this like sense of smallness around money. That's a 2023 me. Like that's not, that didn't come with me into 2024, which is good. Um, Can we talk about how you have shifted and how you show up to the conversations with your CFO? Yes. Let's talk about that. I feel like that's a really good example of the like little girl energy versus like the adult woman energy. Mm -hmm. So tell us about what used to happen with your CFO when you, let's say you're going to make a business decision. You're going to invest money. Oh yeah. I would like to ask for permission, like no shade to my CFO. Like she's awesome. And she's also a coach, but like I would make it mean if I needed to spend money in my business, like I would have to get permission from her instead of like coming to the table. Like this is the difference now. Like I come to the table with like the decision made ahead of time. This is what I'm going to be doing. How can we make that happen? Versus am I, can I do this? Can I afford Yeah. It? Is this going to be okay? I don't, I feel like, yeah. Like okay. getting permission. So little girl energy was 2023. Mm-hmm. The work for 2024 is this like, I having more money doesn't mean I'm a bitch. <laughs> that's yeah. Like, I think that's going to be really the work. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting and I'm pausing here because there's always mindset work at every oh, level. Yeah. At every level, every the level. Money, it's like, you can learn the money systems probably aren't going to change for you next year. Like you're still going to have the three bank accounts. You're still going to do the cash flow waterfall. Like the actual money systems that we teach in six figures, favorite, that's staying with you. But the mindset work will always find like a new, you'll always find a new level, a new layer to what is next, especially if you plan on continuing to grow your business. Yeah. If you're like, no, I'm just going to repeat. I'm just going to stay at the level I'm at. at, Oh my God. I cannot talk. If you're just going to stay at the level you're at and like happy with that, then Mm -hmm. maybe you, I mean, there might still be mindset stuff or maybe not, but if you people though, consciously opt into that, like, no. I just like to stay where I'm at. Like, I feel like when they do that, even consciously, like it's a cop-out. It's like, <laughs> it's some, something's going on, right? Like they need coaching because really. I don't know. I will say, I I do think that there are businesses who are just super happy at a certain level. I used to talk about this a lot internally at QuickBooks because a lot of our leadership would have this baked in assumption that all the businesses want to keep growing and we need to help them do that. And as a researcher, I would have to be like, no, 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 don't assume every business wants to grow because then if they don't grow, then your metrics will say you're failing as a business against your goal. And then you're going to freak out and mess things up versus like, there's actually a lot of businesses who are happy with where they're at. Yeah. Whether or not they need mindset coaching is a different question perhaps. Because also the growth could be different. Like it doesn't always have to be like you're growing. Monetary monetary, right? Like I've grown my capacity to coach one person at a time to now coach 80 people at a time. Yeah. Right. So in the same room on the same call, all this is to say, if you want to keep growing your business, you're going to have to keep getting mindset coaching. And even if you want to stay the same, I think you would still need some sort of mindset coaching to not slip back into like old patterns or to like become bored. Mm, or, you know, well, I think anytime we do something over and over and over again, there can be just like, it can become bored and maybe people like that, like that feels safe, which is totally fine. But I don't know. I think whenever we decide to stay the same completely, like no, like we can't have anything change. You're just missing out 
on what else is possible. It doesn't mean you have to make more money. Like I can't, I cannot see past like, okay, this is going to be my million dollar year that I'm creating, you know, hopefully like that's the plan, but, uh, I can't see like being like, well, then I'm going to make 5 million, right? Like I don't see that yet. Same. I might not for a while. Wait, same. I've been thinking about that. Like, I definitely know this is a million dollar year and that's my goal for the year, but mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know what next year's goal is going to be. I'm like, do yeah. I want And I don't think you have to want to make 5 million, 10 million, a hundred. Like that's, I guess like for me, after I hit a million, because that was like the goal I set five years ago to hit a million by the time I'm 45, it's like, I didn't, I don't have one after that. It's like, I'll have to be like growing that this year too, at the yeah. same time. You'll have to keep dreaming. Actually, it takes a lot of creative energy to keep dreaming. It does. It's, it does. And I think sometimes I'm like, oh, but I think I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably do, but you probably yeah. don't need a nap for a year. I don't need a nap for a year. And it doesn't mean I have to like stop what I'm doing, even yeah. though like I can't see the vision past a million dollars, like right now today. I was talking to a friend about this. This podcast episode is so fun because I feel like we're just chatting as we normally do. And it's really good. So I was talking to a friend and she hit everything on her vision board. She like did all the things. And and I asked her or she said like, I just don't know what's next. Like, I don't know what to put on my vision board. Like, I just don't know what I should want. I'm really happy with everything I got. I know I want more, but I don't know what of. And I asked her like, how did you know back when you made that vision board that you completed, how did you know to put those things on your vision board? And she goes, well, other people in my industry did that. And I looked up to them. And so I put them on my vision board and I'm like, cool. Is there anyone in your industry who's like ahead of you now to, for you to look up to? She's like, oh, not really anymore. Like, I think I caught up with everyone. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's that you don't know what you want. I think it's that like, you used to use other people as inspiration for what's possible. And now there's no one ahead of you to do that. And you have to be the leader in showing the people behind you what's possible. And that takes you sitting down and actually thinking about what is my biggest, wildest dream when there's no one to show me what's possible. Yeah. I feel like this is like so similar to me, like trying to figure out my rebrand. And I was like, Gina, I don't know what to put on my Pinterest board. I don't like, I've just never thought about these things in so, like with such purpose. And it's very uncomfortable yeah. coming up with that. Like, what do I like? What, what colors do I like? And for some people like artsy designing people like you, I'm sure you're just like, what do you mean? You don't know what color you like. I'm just like, no, it seems like there's it a catch here. Like there's a right or wrong answer and I'm going to get it wrong. No, it's absolutely like blank page anxiety. Yeah. Blank paging. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, uh, what do I put on this blank page? And Mm -hmm. I think the same thing can happen for, it sounds like the same thing is happening for both of us for like, after our million dollar year, we're like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like a blank page. Yeah. There's just like nothing. We'll have to work on that. But I think this comes up with like people setting money goals too. That's what, I think that's why like the name of your program is like, so enticing and was like so sexy to me because I remember having a hundred K like income year, like having that goal was like fascinating to me. And then hitting it was like fast. Like I just loved every single moment from idea of doing that to completion. And it was the same thing. Ooh, I'm getting like full body goosebumps about it. Same idea for joining your program and embodying becoming a six-figure saver and and doing it, being like challenge accepted, no idea how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to follow the program because yeah. hopefully it works, right? And, and it does. Um, and it's not complicated. And if I can do it, if, uh, like it's super funny <laughs> to me that I'm the top earner. Literally anyone could do it. My mom- Top saver, the top saver. Top saver, sorry, not top earner. Not even the top earner in the program, but the top You're saver. Not. Yeah, probably by lots. There's like some big, there's some big ballers in your program. That's actually also what I love about Six Figure Savers. I think I'm trying to think through who the top earner who's active right now. Mm-hmm. I can't think off the top of my head, but it's definitely like around 2 million a year is probably the top earner. We don't gather detailed earning um, yeah. data anyway. So it's not like that's, that's not the important part of the program. Right. But we also have people who are like, I'm making, I made my first $3,000 in 2023. Yeah. Yes. And that is the range. Yeah. And which I think is important. 
Cause it doesn't mean like you're only going to be a six figure saver if you're making a million dollars. No, not at all. Not at all. And it's like, it's also important because you're not going to be, um, out of like, you're not going to be the odd one out. If you're still a side hustler, you're not going to be the odd one out. If you are like making your first $5,000 in your business. And I think it's really because the techniques that we teach in six figure saver are not, um, they're not fixed. They're flexible. Yeah. That's very important to point out. Yeah. Anyone can do it. Like you could really like your kids that are babysitting (laughs) should join this, like when they're 16 and start, Oh, you need to do a six figure saver for teens edition. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's just because you have teens and you want them. You don't want to teach them. You want me to teach. Could you please do everything for me? Thank you. That would be great. Oh, okay. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. But no, to that point though, like I do really appreciate that about the program that it's one of the things I love so much that when we're on calls, we're coaching people at every level, but actually at the core, everyone's fears are still the same. Everyone's questions are still the same, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's anxiety, everyone's perfectionism is still the same. If they're a seven figure earner or a four figure earner. And if you actually pay attention during the calls. And if you don't write someone off as, oh, I'm at a different level than them. I don't have to listen to that coaching. You're going to find gold yeah. in those calls. Yeah. Our brains are all the same. Like there's really not as much variety as you would think there would be with like people's drama around really anything, but money is money, especially like you know we're all we don't have enough. We're not going to get enough. Someone's going to take it away. We're not, you know, we're all going to die. I'm like five figure earners are the easiest ones to coach and six figure saver too, because they don't have they all rich. the expense drama yet. Yeah. The, the multiple six figure earners, those ones are tough because they're like my expensive as expenses have scaled. Mm-hmm. And I'm now doing baseline $30,000 a month in expenses. And yeah. um, they're the actual tough ones. The oh, if yeah. you're a five figure earner, you'll probably save more money than a multiple six figure earner in the beginning. You'll probably yeah. like it's, it's oh, easy. Yeah. I've had to have so much coaching around like the expense of my business and that being an okay thing, being an okay thing to, to spend so much money every month. That's, that's the other, I think high value. There's so many high value things in the program, but is like, as much as you encourage savings, you also encourage spending the money because we well, save to spend. We save to spend because six figure savers for entrepreneurs. It's not for, it's not for like people with jobs mm-hmm. and yeah. entrepreneurs by definition, spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to tell you? Stop spending your savings and then stop making money. Right. Yeah. That's, that's dumb. But I think for some <laughs> people, it's like, so hard. like they think if I, if I spend the time to save this, then when I go to spend it, something has gone wrong. Yeah. And there's so much like stress and pressure and like spin out in that moment when yeah. Like actually it's safe. Like it's okay. Okay. Trigger warning. I'm going to talk about weight loss. Um, I am working on losing some weight. So I'm like, I, I lost a lot of weight after I had my baby and I started breastfeeding and then I breastfed for two and a half years. And then I, and I weaned off breastfeeding. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm telling myself is the reason I gained a lot of weight. It might not have actually had anything to do with that, but that's the reason I'm telling myself. So I, I gained uh, probably like 15 pounds above what I'm like my homeostasis body is. And I am <laughs> the kind of person that I have an incredibly stable weight. Like my whole life has been, I'm not a yo-yo kind of weight person. So to have gained 15 pounds from my homeostasis was significant for me. Um, so then I'm, I worked on losing a lot of it and I lost about... I, I almost lost it all. I was like two, three pounds away from my, my homeostasis weight again. And then the holidays happened and I was like, I'm going to just enjoy the holidays. I'm going to go. I still like weighed in every day. I kind of kept in check, but I didn't limit anything at all. And I also kind of like left all my good strategies at the door. I was like, it's, it's the holidays. We're You're like YOLO. Yeah. Literally <laughs> full on YOLO. And I gained three pounds back. Mm -hmm. And 
when I got home after the holidays and it was like, okay, time to get back to work. I'm like, wow, I only gained three pounds back. And that means that I'm still further along on my journey than if I had never started back in September. Yeah. If I had never even started my weight loss journey in September, I probably would have been like 20, 25 pounds above my homeostasis weight instead of just an extra three. And I'm like, that's exactly what happens with savings Mm -hmm. is you'll save money and then you'll have to spend it. And then you'll feel like, oh my God, now I'm at zero again. Now I'm starting over. It's going to take me so much time to build up my working capital. Oh my God. It's going to take me so much time and I'm starting over and and it's awful. And I'm like, yeah, but what if you had never saved that money to begin with? The expenses are still coming for you. Yeah. So you probably like either you would have been further in the red or like you would have had to go and lean on debt or you wouldn't have been able to pay yourself any number of things. Yeah. And then, you know, it's crazy. I was talking to my coach and she was like, oh, you'll pop back down. Like your body is knows what to do. So now that you're home, you'll pop back down. I lost three pounds in four days without. And I wasn't like weren't doing, doing you're just I doing wasn't doing life. a water yeah. cl- I was like eating pizza and like normal stuff yeah but my she body ate just... pizza last night while she was on the phone with me so <laughs> I know like my body was just normally like okay now we're going back to where we were and I yeah. feel like the same thing happens like once you learn how to save in your business you're gonna spend your savings but then it's gonna pop right back up because you have the skill where you mm-hmm. didn't have the skill before yeah and you constantly like recreate your new normal like it's just normal for me to like have $80,000 on hand, right? Like a little below that right now, but like in a week, it'll be there. So it's fine. And then there's going to be the day where you pay off your credit card and it's going to go down to 60K and then like, it'll Mm -hmm. come back. Like, yeah. I'll be like, so thankful that I can do it. Yeah. But it's very similar to weight loss, especially program that you're following. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's nuts. It's like, wow. I am so happy. I started in September instead of waiting to start waiting. That's the same with like starting your program. Like there's literally no benefit to waiting. There's no benefit. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know what you're doing going in. You just start where you're at and make something incredible out of it by continuing to show up. I think that's the other key ingredient for me too, is like continuing to show up, even being like the top saver. Like I've never Like, I think that that's super funny. So I don't really ever think about it. And it doesn't mean that I don't need coaching every week. Well, and I actually think that's why you're the top saver. Yeah, for sure. You're the top saver because there's a, there's actually a good amount of people who have hit hundred K saved and they're like at a hundred, 101, 102, 105, they hit it. And then they're like, I'm done with the program. Yeah. I'm going for 200. Okay, saved and then 300 like I'm just gonna keep going I hope that keeps rolling over because yeah yeah I think it does yes Um, all right so Heather tell us tell us who let's let's go back to the dreaming like the dreaming theme in terms of saving money in terms of hitting 100k saved in terms of your community all of that who what would be your like most beautiful dream for people to join six figure saver? Who would that be? Who do you want to call in into the community? You're a part of the community. So who do you want to mm-hmm. see on the coaching calls? What well, kinds of people do you want to see get coached? And what kinds of like, what kind of dream do you want to weave for us? Well, my dream would be for every single person that's in my community, in my MFR community that coaches with me, coaches with you at the same time. I just think that that's like the dream team. And I really do feel like not only are you going to create a hundred thousand dollar business with me as your coach, but you're going to create a hundred thousand dollars in savings with you on the money end of it. And it's just such a, it's just amazing. And, and I, I love that I've done that. So like, I, like, there's so much proof if I can do it, any, any, yeah, who can do it. (laughs) Anyone can do it. Um, Yeah, I definitely would like to see as many MFR therapists join, but really any entrepreneur that is thinking that inconsistent income is a problem, the sooner you can get over that thought error and the sooner you have Gina as your coach, the more money you're not only going to make, but the more money you're going to save because savings and earnings, I feel like really go together and and just that skill of savings creates 
more safety around and more time and space for you to earn. Um, so yeah, but MFR therapists, if you're listening, please join the program. It's going to be I good feel like you. I want to call out one of your clients who I think joined at the same time you did in February. I won't use their name because we don't have their permission, but you have an MFR client who joined Six Figure Saver right around the time you did. And she, I know, hit a hundred K business with you and mm-hmm. is now working towards the next level, like beyond, beyond hundred K and she's at 95 K saved. Yeah. She's, that makes, she's about to hit the hundred K club. Yeah. That makes me emotional. Like to know that we joined at the same time and we talked about it. So we're, we're friends too. And, um, to watch the, tr- this is really making me emotional to watch the transformation that has happened for her in both programs is just something that like I could die tomorrow and I will feel proud of everything I've ever accomplished in my life by via like via watching what she's created, I guess. I don't know. That's really dramatic, but anyway, like it's just so life-changing to know that this person came from working full-time making $30,000 a year to making a hundred thousand dollars in one year working, seeing 16 clients a week. And at the same time, learned how to save $90,000. Like get out of here, get out of here. And she's not the only one, right? She's like not. This, is, this is the normal. And I think, um, I think that's also the thing too, to say, like the more people that do this, the more normal it becomes, the more this is just like available for everybody and what happens to the world when everybody is well resourced especially like I really get on my high horse about this but like single women or women in general I just there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) I mean I I think about it a lot with like I think about my physical location my immediate community um what what do our communities look like? Like, what does your city look like? What does your block look like when everybody has the resources they need to thrive? So many of the problems that we have in our country is because so many people do not have the resources that they need to thrive. Yeah. And that creates a spiral of problems. And yeah, I just, I think about the same thing. Like, what if what if our community, what if our like actual quality of life as a country could be better if we were all fully resourced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we, we got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. <laughs> I'm going to start in my MFR community. I feel like just helping them. Yeah. Like having the, like the focus so intently on them, just like your focus is intently on entrepreneurs. It, it changes like the ripple effect of just changing it in one microcosm at a time, like is huge. It's bigger than we imagine that it is. Yeah. I just pulled up the onboarding form from this MFR therapist. Yeah. And they said, why did you join six figure saver? I made the most money I ever made last year and I have no savings or stuff to show for it. This was in February, 2023 when they joined and, um, my stretch goal for my business this year is hundred K and now she's one of the top savers coming from have nothing to show for all my work in the past. Now, one of the top savers, now one of your top earners in a, in less than a year. Yeah. It's wild. It's that's just a, so awesome. That's a 180. 18360. Yeah. I never know what, how many degrees to also say. <laughs> like, I don't think that I could help create these results in my container. If I did not turn my money mindset into a different direction, Mm. like I feel so much more solid and grounded coaching on money. Like I used to always think like, Oh, I need to have a money coach come in here. Oh, I need to have blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I just need to really get my shit together around my own money stories in order to give these people even better resources, better advice, better coaching, like all of it. Like yeah. The more I better myself, the better I can help the people that I want to help. They can only grow like really at the speed I'm willing to grow. They want to go. Fa- if I go fast, yeah. we go fast, you know, like. Can I say a hot take? Yeah. Having more money makes 
not just you, but like the general you, a better coach. Because if you have money anxiety, if you're worried about how to pay the bills, if you don't have savings, if you have a, a debt collector co- like coming down your throat, right? If you're worried about money, then you understandably so are going to go on the defensive. You're not going to want to make anyone angry. So what are you going to do in your coaching? You're not going to say the scary thing that you need to say to your client. You're not going to tell them the actual truth because they're so afraid. You're not going to show up and be unapologetically the best coach because the best coaches don't lie to you. But when we get insecure ourselves, then we're like, well, I don't want to make this client angry. I don't Mm -hmm. want to scare. I don't want them to leave because I got to pay this bill. Right. Same with sales calls. Like I, I'm a better salesperson. I'm better on sales calls because I don't have money anxiety because I'm not grasping and just trying to say anything. I'm fully present and listening and actually trying to help this person decide if this is the right program for them or not. Yeah. You're not Um, attached to the outcome. And I think this doesn't just, yeah. And I don't think this just goes for coaches. It goes for any business, right? Like if you're a design business telling a client what they need to hear versus what they want to hear, it's so much harder to be like a high level professional in whatever profession you're in, if you're afraid of your clients and it's really easy to be afraid of your clients if you have money anxiety. Yeah. Yep. And that is going to impede their results, the outcome, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I I really do appreciate that. I could have a launch where zero people enroll and I could like continue to make my business run for months and months. And I'm sure I could figure it out in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. I can also give my services away for free if I wanted to, you know, there's like, there's so, there's so much available. Right. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. This is so good. All right, Heather, if there's a lone MFR therapist who somehow found this podcast, who doesn't already follow you, (laughs) where can they find you? They can find me at the MFR coach on Instagram or Facebook. um, And then they can also go to my website, themfrcoach.com for more information. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Um, We will catch everyone in the next episode. Take it easy. Bye.